Welcome everybody to Damage Radio. You're here live on MonkinRadio.com where music reminds me. You already know me. I'm Marcy alongside my guest. She was born and raised in West Virginia, but now lives in Collegeville, PA. She was recently on NBC's America's Song Contest. The talented singer-songwriter has been all around the world and still so young, making her debut on Damage Radio, Alexis Cunningham. Alexis, thank you so much for your time. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. I'm excited to do this. Definitely. So um, tell the Damage fans a little bit about yourself. Um, well, like you said, I'm a singer-songwriter um, from West Virginia. came up here uh, 18, turning 19, got a development deal to write songs and start recording them on my first album. Uh, stayed, ended up meeting some other uh, bigger writers, got to write with them, got to go out to Los Angeles, make an album at Universal, got to go, um, you know, tour in Europe a little bit, and then you know, make a few more albums, experiment with music. And then I just got to do this singer-songwriter show where I got to perform an orig my original song on NBC called American Song Contest. And um, that's the short version, but that's where we are right now. So, that's yeah. Awesome. So back in elementary school, we always had to write, you know, what do you want to be when we grow up? Is this what you wrote, actually? To be a singer-songwriter or no? Oh, definitely. Actually, I made, um, I made my own business cards and they were they were blue and they i remember that they were in pencil um i made a few for my mom that were magnets and said alexis cunningham singer songwriter and had like a microphone on it <laughs> nice so yeah that's awesome so what inspired you to pursue a career in music i think i was just so obsessed with it that i i didn't know how to not do it you know i think along the way i thought maybe I'll I'll do whatever, you know, I'll do, I'll go to school for this because my family is really well educated and really into education. Um, so I, I come from that and I do think that that's important. But, you know, I also think that art and music are really important in expression. And if you are in love with something and you find your passion, you're lucky enough to find that, then just like throw yourself into it and I mean, what's the saying? Like, let it kill you. So that's what I've done. And it hasn't always been easy, but I have always really loved it and enjoyed it. And I and I still do. Do you remember your first gig and, and how that experience went? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I do, my first. Well, yeah. I mean, it kind of depends on what you define as gig. I've like been singing in. I was singing in church like when I was like two years old. Wow. My mom would make me like take solos. But I mean, I think first like gig where I was singing my like original songs and stuff was probably it was either like Starbucks uh, or it was um, this little club downtown in in Huntington West Virginia and I had to actually have my mom come because <laughs> I was too young to be there because oh, it, you know, it was like an actual bar so I think I was like 15 or 16 something like that but yeah no I mean I was like just ready to do it like I couldn't wait to do it. I, th I thought I was better than I was at the time, which is I think typical of, but I just was like so excited to to do it and be it, I don't know. Now, um, is it hard for you to balance music, career, family life, social life, and have you learned the balance yet? Um, I don't think so. I think that it's like, well, I'm lucky enough that it is my job. I do, you know, make my money full time from, being a singer songwriter and performing um so that part is a check uh, as far as family life goes 
I think I, I, I probably could spend a little bit more time with my family, but when I do spend time with my family, I, I make it like a meaningful hang, you know? Right. So, um, I'm so, I guess working on that, but yeah, I mean, music is a part of me and I think everybody gets that about me. So, um, they're willing to kind of give me some leeway there. They're like, okay, you're working really hard at this. So we understand that you can't be with us all the time type of thing. Right. Yeah. So growing up, who were some of your musical inspirations? Um, I have like a very vivid memory of my mom picking me up from daycare and just singing the Carpenters. Oh, wow. Nice. The car. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Uh, yeah. No, I, I, so I love the Carpenters. Um, kind of like 70s music like that. I love, um, I loved like Sheryl Crow, like early, um, those early records, um, Tuesday Night Music Club, um, who else? I love Jewel. Growing up, I was really inspired by her um, just because it was like a girl on her guitar writing songs. I love John Mayer, just um, obviously the guitar playing, but also the, the lyrical content. And then, you know, and then like the Spice Girls and then like pop music and then like Third Eye Blind I love. And so my musical taste is all over the place, like Bill Withers or um, I love like Silk Sonic now. So, um, yeah, my musical taste is all over the place. But I, I guess it comes from like singer songwriters initially. That's where it came from for me. Funny you say Third Eye Blind. They're coming to town next month in July with uh, Taking Back Sunday in Jersey. Yep. Oh, I, I see them every year. I don't miss it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to the Jersey one, yep. And you said Jewel, that Pieces of Me album, like, you could feel her soul when she, when she sang that album. Oh. It was beyond amazing. Yeah, I still cry to that album. I love that album. Yeah, exactly. So when you write, do you write based off experiences, off, off of things that you see, or just fantasy? Like, what do you, what do you write? Um... Yeah, I think it's a combination of all those things because the way that I write my songs is like, yeah, it's a it's a piece of my um, experience for sure. And then sometimes it's like I'm also weaving in some fantasy there and like you're weaving together a storyline. So it's not like always like this is exactly what happened, you know, I mean, maybe like occasionally it is like exactly. But for me, it's like I'm weaving together experience with fantasy and I also want it to be like a fun experience so that's where it comes from nice so you, you end up starting a YouTube channel at the time what was the end goal of that YouTube channel was it to make it to where you are today or was it just a, a fun little thing just to do I yeah I don't I don't think that I had a, a end goal in mind I got um a computer in high school you know and I think YouTube was like I don't know. It was it was still pretty fresh. I'll say that. Yes. And um, yeah, so somebody was like, you should just like start putting your stuff on YouTube. And I, I remember like I was trying to make my little brother laugh and I made up this song called White Trash Girl <laughs> about this girl that I, did, that I didn't like. It's not very nice. And so I was making him laugh and I was like, just like writing this song on the spot. And he was like, that song's hilarious. Like you should record that and put it on YouTube. And and then I did, and that kind of like started it rolling for me. And I think when I was getting feedback for that, it was it was fun for me. And I was sort of nervous to actually play in front of people that I really knew. So people on the internet 
it felt a little bit more like safe and like this is my I don't know it was like secret but it wasn't secret you know right that was that was there was no end goal I guess in that other than I had in the back of my head like I'm gonna leave West Virginia and I'm gonna like get a record deal and you know whatever you like dream about as a kid that's that maybe that was in the back of my head like somebody's gonna see this and like pick me up I guess I don't know so you put White Trash Girl on YouTube. Now, did this, did this, girl, this girl find out it was about her? Or was she, like, in the front row and then she found out? No, like, I, I <laughs> actually didn't know her personally. Okay, that's, that's good. <laughs> it was just, like, a very, like, obnoxious girl that was, like, mean and, and rude. And, like, I was just, like, telling my brother about it and I was commenting. Yeah, so I was, again, like, I was, like, weaving in that fantasy with, yeah reality which is like what i said that's how i write songs and right. and like silliness like some sarcasm i like i used to have a lot of that i still do but especially my songwriting i used to have that a lot now let's talk about the excitement of signing your first developmental deal at the age of 19 of all of all ages yeah um so yeah i mean having what, what i said like in the back of my mind like i want somebody to find me and pick me up and get this thing rolling um it was exciting and um i started out with the, um uh, somebody who had played in van morrison's band and he wow. also played in the band squeeze i don't know if you know that that band they were an 80s band um and he he also had like a some success like solo in england and so yeah i was like cool this guy has had some success in the industry and um, we kind of clicked actually, and and we wrote a lot of songs, and he he really taught me how to work in the studio. So I was staying with my grandfather at the time. So he um, he used to be superintendent of Marlton Schools. So he still lived in the area, just kind of worked out. I was living with him. I would go to the studio every day in the morning, and then just come home at night. Like I didn't have any friends here, anything. So I was just super focused and. And it, it was like going to like camp or something for record, like writing and recording. I mean, invaluable, truly. It was so exciting. And yeah, I mean, you have you have your expectations set like at, at the moon, basically. And you don't you don't think about like everything else that has to go into it as far as how good how good everything has to be one, but also promotion wise, like how good you have to be live. Um, and then all the business aspects of everything. So, yeah, it was a good beginning, I'll say, for sure. So at 19, were you thinking about all that stuff? Or were you just thinking about, wow, I just signed my first deal. I just, I'm just going straight ahead and I need to think about everything else. Or did you have people that grounded you and helped, helped you realize everything that comes with the business? Uh, I didn't know anything about business. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's that's the idea. I mean, I did I did have a good support system around me, but I just... I didn't know anything about business and yeah, basically just went straight ahead and was like, let's do this. Like, let's write songs. Um, I didn't sign a, a bad deal or anything, luckily. But oh, yeah, that's good. yeah, yeah. So. So two years later, you recorded an EP in Universal Studios in California with uh, Robin DiMaggio. Uh, how was that experience and uh, what do you remember finally about that? Um, well, I never had been to California before and definitely not to Los Angeles. And I will say, like, it was like everything that I had kind of like in my, imagined in my head that it could be. 
maybe a little bit better. And just, I feel like I was like given the star treatment just because, um, yeah, it was just really, really a cool experience. Um, went to Santa Monica and stayed um, and got to re record in Universal Studios, kind of like where all these, you know, bigger acts get to record with these amazing session musicians who've, I think like the bass player played on like Mike, Michael Jackson's records and wow. um, the guitar player I'm still in touch with. He He's played on just like records you wouldn't, you just wouldn't expect. The sound engineer had like a week before been working on Katy Perry's record, stuff like that. Um, it was incredible. And looking back, um, it's just, it was an incredible experience. And I just think maybe I, I wasn't ready at the time. Like I didn't have the right songs. Like I didn't have the right sound going into it for that opportunity, but it was an amazing opportunity. And I'm, I'm really happy that I got to have it. It's like one, one step closer to like, you know, what I want it to be essentially. Definitely. Now, how was the culture shock being across the world? I mean, I mean, from, <laughs> if I had gone like straight from West Virginia, it would have been like, well, like <laughs> it, everybody's the coolest <laughs> you know um but but yeah i mean it's it's sort of like kind of the dream like people i mean we were hanging out in venice a lot so it was like people are like skateboarding all all like along the beach and surfing and just hanging out and you know, playing music, and then it was just cool. It was just like, it was a different world, but a, totally a world that I loved and enjoyed. So, yeah. I mean, I didn't hang out in Hollywood much. I was just there to kind of work, and then on my days off, I would go to the beach, so. But was it hard to stay focused 24-7 on your music when you were having all these different distractions and new opportunities coming? No, like, I love music. That's That's all, like... You know, that's what I'm, that's my favorite thing. So not really. All right, okay. So uh, talk about um writing and recording a folk album with, with Eric Brazilian. How was that? Um, Eric is like one of the coolest people. Um, we have like such an age gap between us, but um, it doesn't necessarily feel like it because he is like a kid at heart and he's still so like modern about the way that he like thinks about things in terms of like, he's just open to whatever. He's like, yeah, well, I've done it like this in the past, but that doesn't mean that I have to do it like this, you know, or it has to sound like this. And um, actually the reason that I got a writing session with him is because he saw the white trash girl video, <laughs> like the first one that I put up. Oh, wow, like, okay. Funny enough, because he thought it was like different and quirky. So that's why he, he took the session. So um, we just started hanging out, writing songs, and um, we started making, like, writing some good songs together because he's so awesome. And, um, yeah, we just have great chemistry and um, became great friends. He then brought um, his friend over from Sweden, and they were writing together. He invited me into a session. We ended up writing a song for his friend, who's a star in Sweden, and um he liked it ended up sending it to the radio station over there it ended up being like his summer hit wow. like in all of sweden it, it works a little differently over there i'm <laughs> like how how did the hell did that happen but uh it works a little differently over there and um then 
he invited us on tour with him for the summer and me as the opening act. So I got to see, you know, like the almost the entirety of Sweden. That was incredible. Um, and just like what a cool experience. And then on my way back, I got to stop and do um, some writing sessions in London. Had never been to London. And um, yeah, the places you'll go. <laughs> Talk a bit about this, this the tour in Sweden and uh, also being a part of some national television programs with this gig. Uh, how was that? And do you have any favorite memories from Sweden and London? Um, yeah. So, like, the national television shows, the first one that we did was at, um, I think it was in Gothenburg, and it's at this huge amusement park. And they didn't, I, I think they said, like, there's going to be like 9,000, 10,000 people here when, when the show starts. So, you know, but we're going to just go, we're just going to run a dry rehearsal through twice. And then, you know, everybody's going to be here. Um, anyway, I thought we were going through another time and it wasn't like everybody was there when I thought we were going to be rehearsing. So I came out on stage and there were like 10,000 people <laughs> and we were on live TV and I was like, okay, <laughs> <Woo! laughs> you yeah. know? That kind of thing. And that was, um, it was like exhilarating, overwhelming. Um, and like, I think it's just like, you just have to kind of step up to that level when it, when it happens. And it, it was just, it was cool. It was really cool. Um, and what else? Um, just seeing the different parts of the country, seeing the different culture. Um, one of my favorite memories is um, the lead singer of Toto was at one of the shows and he was saying like do you know swedish and i said no and he said when you go out on stage say she's made our bach and i was like okay what does that mean and he said don't worry like they will love it oh. and it means it means kiss my ass oh no it's swedish but like it's like a nicer way to say i think it's like kiss my butt or like because it's like yeah. they say things like nicely they, they're like very proper there so anyway that's a good that's a good memory. Also, um, in the summer, the sun is up like almost 24 hours. Um, so there's not much there's not like the sun isn't down that much. So that, that was a very cool thing. So like we would wake up, the sun would be up and we would go to sleep like late at night and then the sun would also be up. Um, yeah, and just the people were really amazing and sweet and nice, like almost like you're almost like, are you really that happy? But they really, they really were amazing. Yeah. And same thing in, same thing in London too? Um, that was a, like a whole different vibe and I wasn't there too much longer, but um, that was like more, I felt like that was more like rock and roll, <laughs> nice. which I did. I liked, I really enjoyed that too. Um, and um, yeah, I would like to go back to London though. I would definitely like to spend more time there. So it seems like you have a real majority of vast music, whether it's um, like punk, whether it's folk, rock. Um, is it hard to change up your style and play different, the different kind of make different kind of albums like that, or is it pretty easy for you? Um, well, yeah, I mean, we had, we had toured with the folk album in Sweden, and then when I came back, I was like, I think this isn't the kind of music that I want to be putting out. So we didn't put out that record. Then I put together the punk band, uh, which was called the Sugar Pops. And um, Eric was like, okay, whatever, let's do it. And he also like wrote, helped write and produce that album. Uh, it's not really 
too tough of a transition just because I feel like I go through different phases just like anybody else does. Right. And um, I don't know. I like different stuff. I like different music, different movies, stuff like that. So I almost just feel like it's like, well, I was just going through a different phase in my life and a different part of my personality wanted to come out. Right. It's like, right. yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to always be, I don't know, the same all the time. And I know that's, I, I agree. Like, I agree. that's tough to like genre jump or whatever, but I didn't, I don't know. I just like to, I guess. And this album doesn't sound like that. It's not punk. So. See, that's the thing with me. I, I'm, I'm like you in my car. It can go from country Brett Young or Jason Aldean to thrice to taking back Sunday to independent bands like knuckle puck or like independence uh, rap or like ollie atlas like my 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 majority of music changes depending on my mood and how i'm feeling so with you if someone was in your car driving a six-hour drive what are some top songs that would be on on your your hit list of artists that you like okay i'll just pull up a playlist let's see nice um let's see my my summer personality this is one um well i have harry styles uh, of course. <laughs> I have uh, Muna. I don't know. Do you know that band? No. Muna is a good one. Um, Arlie. It's like a kind of like a lo-fi punk band. Um, Chanel. I have Fletcher. But that's just like that's like just like one mood. That's one mood that I have. And then I have like um, the Mamas and the Papas. I have um, Lucius. I have. Orange County Rex, I have David Bowie, the Bee Gees, Silk Sonic, Mark Ronson. Um, so you know your history. Whitney Houston, yeah. Aretha Franklin, Bill Withers, Amy Winehouse, Stevie Wonder, uh, Tovlo, Kalani. So it's just kind of like everything. It just yeah. is like what is good to me at the time is good, good to me at the time. <laughs> I don't know. Do you, do you have a... Uh an idea of a cover song that you might want to do off of one of the artists that you love? Um, yeah, I've been doing, what have I been doing lately? I've been covering Bill Withers lately. Um, and I've also been covering um, Liz Fair. Why can't I, you know Liz Fair? Uh, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to research it to this interview. Yeah, you do. So a whole bunch of bands that I, I'm, I'm actually interested in now. She's 90s, um, like, Anyway, and then who else? Um, I Love You Always Forever, which is like actually a pop song. So I've been covering that a lot. I mean, I cover all kinds of stuff because I make music for a living. So, you know, yeah, they always sound different. And I made a full um, Beach Boys cover album as well. So, thanks. Yeah. Now, do you have a favorite quote that you like to live by? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'll think on that. I'll get back to you. Like with me, it's uh, without struggle, there's no progress. You know, like, you know, you can, you can get, you can get knocked down, but you know, you got to keep going forward to get to the better days. So I guess I like, um, I, I like the one that's like, find your passion and let it kill you. I guess I like that one. Cause that's like very me <laughs> intense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so do you have a certain, um, Thing you like to do before you go on stage like you know like is it like you know like the m&ms or like you know make sure you sleep eight hours before you go on stage or like uh any, anything you like to do um anything i can talk about on the radio <laughs> uh -oh. no i'm just joking um i like to drink a lot of water and i like to be 
I like to have like, first of all, like worked out that day. And I like to have like spent time outside. That makes me feel, I don't know, happy basically. And if I'm in a good mood, then I feel like I can like bring that good mood to, you know, the stage and other people. So yeah, nothing too crazy. So what was it like uh, touring in like uh, in Philly and playing the local venues and uh, you know, it, do you have more appreciation for those before you hit the big stage? Yeah, and it's also a great way to meet people. You know, it's like a, otherwise it's like, I don't know, not being in, in school anymore. It's like, how do you meet friends? How do you meet right. people? And music is just a, a great icebreaker that way. It's like, I can meet people so quickly just because that's what I do. Um, and it also, I, I like because I get immediate feedback, essentially, like, even if people aren't saying something, that's really feedback as well. So, um, you know, I've been playing here for years, so I've kind of seen how my progress has um, continued to get, I, I feel like I've gotten better and my songwriting's gotten better. So I've gotten better reactions and, you know, that has helped me quite a bit. I've, I've enjoyed playing here and I do think that the talent level here there's there's just so much talent here and I think that's also like unrealized by a lot of other cities like it's like overshadowed by New York a lot and I don't I don't think I understand why there's so much talent in Philly and South Jersey. So with um, getting better in songwriting and singing uh, is it off of experience or is it like you know your, your mind starts getting more in, more used to writing or what was it what was it for you? Um. I would say experience and yeah, maturity as well, but um, experience, you just have to continue to do it and do it and do it and do it and write bad songs and write a couple of good ones. And then, you know, eventually, I don't know, you're going to get some good ones. And I still write bad songs. Like I wrote three bad songs this week, <laughs> you know, but like, I think I wrote a good one last week. So it's just kind of like the day. You know, so do, you, do you freestyle? Do you like pick up your guitar and start playing and then start making a song? Or do you, do you actually write first and then put it to a beat? Yeah, like I, I like generally always freestyle. That's how I write. Same, yeah. Yeah, that's just how it comes. And then, you know, the rest of it. Uh, I don't like usually work from a produ whole produced track or something. Like I have, but it's just rare to do that. Yeah. So a good friend of mine uh, from Jersey, Bill Burley, asked me to ask this question for you. Uh, tell us about the Coffee Works open mic days and how, how were they like? First of all, shout out, Bill. Thanks. Thanks for, uh, thanks for this interview. I appreciate it. Coffee Works was amazing because when I first moved to the area and I was working on that first album, got that first development deal, that is the first place that I went to go hang out. Um, by myself actually to go sit and just kind of write and I saw all these other musicians and artists hanging out and that's where I was able to make friends and get inspired by other artists and I was able to start playing out live and trying out my music um, on audiences and I ended up working there for years and wow. um, you know having shows there and getting a lot better because of Coffee Works and just like a lot of great people. And there's actually a lot of successful artists that came out of Coffee Works, like successful models, successful photographers and artists and musicians that have come out of that. That that specific like class of 
coffee works which is pretty cool and it's wild at how many people are so amazingly talented and not signed and you yeah. see that when you go to stuff places like this yeah well this was like one of those little hubs you know like that you see in documentaries later they're like and everybody hung out at this place well that was one of those places i mean it's it's really true it was very you're like, you're like i was there i was there i was there not getting paid to work <laughs> like we would just like steal the <laughs> we would like steal the muffins we're like well he hasn't paid us in like a month so Nice. Nice. Yeah, no. that's what is that's what is like though for us though um you know me you know uh interviewing uh professional wrestlers you yeah. hear that story a lot like of them not getting paid by the booker so you get a hot dog and a handshake and you're supposed to get money all you get is a hot dog and a handshake and you're like where's and then booker like flies out the back door like you hear stories like that too which is, is wild yeah i'm but I, but I loved it to be honest and i know that we all did so it wasn't even like i don't know it was it was like we used to compare it to like empire records it's like we just loved it and we got to see so many cool acts come through and we would have like after hour shows like rock shows like nice. and it was just fun we had a blast um great times so so much fun definitely now you, you spoke on it a little bit but tell us more about the sugar pops the pop punk band and uh the experience how was it like to be in, being part of that and, and uh how many people are in the group Oh, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, I got really into the band Hole. Okay. Yes. Um, and um, yeah, so I got a distortion pedal and an electric guitar, nice. as you do. <laughs> yep, you need that. Yep. Um, and yeah, I just started writing a few songs, and then um, I was just starting to go to some like rock shows, like punk shows, and I ended up running into. Um, who a girl named Bo Rains, and um, she was not. She's not a bass player. She's actually a keyboard player and guitar player. Like, and she sings as well. But I bumped into her, and her husband, her now husband, is a great bass player. And I was like, I need a bass player for my punk band. And they were like, Your punk band? And I was like, Yeah, my punk band. And she was like, Well, Mitch plays bass. And I was like, Well, I, I need you to play bass. <laughs> So she literally is such a great musician that she just picked up, she bought a bass and like learned how to play. So she was in, um, my guitar player was um, Mike Reisman. He, yeah, he's been my friend since Coffee Works actually, um, you know, since I was 19. And he's great. He's toured with Soraya and he's had his own projects as well. Um, and who else was in? We had a few different drummers, but it ended up being um, Arjun uh, Dubai from, uh, he has different projects as well, um, but he, he's, in a, he's a bunch of different Philly bands. And then um, who else was in? Let's see, was that it? It's like, who was that? Bass, guitar, drums. I think that was it. Do we have somebody else? I'm really sorry if I'm missing somebody, but I think that was it. I think that was just us. Yeah, nice. we would hang out and we would write songs and then we would go play at the Grape Room a lot or like Dawson's. It didn't, we weren't together that long, but we, we had an album and um, it was just, it was a fun experimental time. Yeah. Now, how many albums do you have out? Um, uh, full albums? None. <laughs> I have two original songs out. Um, I have Working on a Miracle, which I got to perform on. American Song Contest, NBC, and The Medicine, 
which I just really dropped about a month prior because I wanted people to, you know, when they searched my name for the show, be like, see that I had something else out. Um, yeah, so not not a lot. I hold on to all my stuff because I'm kind of like a perfectionist, but also still figuring out like what sound do I want to have. Definitely. So looking back at your all your old songs and looking to where you are now, do you ever be like, wow, I can't believe I got out of that situation or I can't believe that happened to me, anything like that? Um, like pertaining to what? What do you mean? Any, anything, anything that you wrote about, like, you know, like you wrote about the white trash girl, you know, or like, you know, like a, a good, a huge experience that you maybe go on a tour in Sweden, did you write a song, you know, about that experience or anything like that? Um, I mean, I guess... I mean, I guess like relationship probably wise, I wrote songs like that. I wrote um, I wrote a song called "I Hate You." <laughs> I, yeah, I saw the video on that one. Yeah. Yeah, um, and like the fully produced one is pretty pretty cool. And I I wrote a song about um, the person that I was dating, and I accidentally left the lyrics out. <laughs> I mean, I genuinely left them out, like on accident. <laughs> Um, and then came, they came back in town and saw them. And so like that I, I was a situation like I was happy to get out of and that's a song. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was a, a real life thing that I needed to get out of and yeah. But other than that, I mean, I think my music comes from a lot of different places. And at this point it's coming from like a lot of like joy and self like um, exploration. You know, it's good though. Yeah, like I'm I'm in a I'm in a different place in my life now. Um, yeah, so I'm happy now. So, do you have any radio friendly road stories that you can tell us? Radio friendly road stories. While um, traveling. Yeah. Um, let me think. I don't know. What's a cool one? Let me think on that. Let me think on that. What else? What's okay. next? Um, Let's talk about the big experience um, on the NBC America Song Contest. Snoop Dogg liking your stuff. How about that? I know that was cool, right? It was pretty cool. And uh, so talk about the experience. Was it what you thought it was going to be? Um, you know, finding out you were going to be on it. Where were you? All that, all that good stuff. Yeah, um, it was a long process. And I was really excited that they did choose me, obviously. And then... Um, I was, at, I was at home, it was like, I think it was like flooding the day that I kind of found out, like unofficially that I was gonna be on the show. So that kind of made it a good day, even though it was like a weird day. Um, and when I, when I got out there, I think I was just, I was nervous, but I was excited. I, I just didn't wanna like, you know, up to this point, like I just feel like everybody involved with me has like invested a lot of time and energy into me. So I was like, I just don't want to get up there and choke. But in reality, it's like this. I do this every day, right. <laughs> literally do this every day. So I was sort of psyching myself out. But I had an amazing time. Um, the production what, like, was insane. Like the, the production behind it, the people, the artists that um, work behind the scenes on it. They were just incredible, um, and just to, to see what they do at their level, the staging, the dancers, um, yeah, they were incredible people to work with. And the other artists I, I became friends with as well, and 
you know, it was just a really amazing experience to have. And I don't think that, you know, it's, it's sort of like a once in a lifetime thing, I think. So did you practice? Did you have a chance to do sound check and all that? Or did they just throw you on? Um, we, d we did a few run throughs. Yeah. So um, just different days. We did a few run throughs. Um, the day of we did one. Yeah, we did a sound check like a few hours prior to. But yeah, that, it was pretty much like, you know, you got your minute. I don't know. What was it like two minutes and 30 seconds? Yep. It was over so fast. It was over like before it started, basically. So you had, the, you had the benches behind you, the, the two dancers right there. Yeah. And uh, like literally, like then it was a commercial break and it was like it was done just like that, like you said, like three minutes like that when you worked so hard for that. And I bet it's just wild how quickly it goes, you know? Well, but I think like people watching on TV don't realize what actually goes into it. And it's it's so much planning even before I got there. You know, um, right. so those people were super talented. And like I said, just a very amazing thing to be included in something like that. How, how are the jitters backstage with everybody? Was everyone a little nervous or were you guys all talking with each other before you went on or how was that? Personally, I was really nervous. Um, I think some some people were, some people were not. The stage was really big. <laughs> it was a really big stage. It looked big on TV. So Yeah. Yeah, there were a lot of cameras, and it was like, this camera's on, but now this one's on, so look at this one. So I was like, I don't know, where is the camera? <laughs> so some people were great at that, and some people have been on TV, you know, multiple times, so I think they were a little bit more pro, a little bit more relaxed. So, you know, it ranged. You know, some people have, like, millions of followers that were on that show. Some people don't. And, yeah, there were just people at different different levels, so I think – you know, some people would be more nervous than others, but that's okay. Like you have to, it's like getting a job. It's like, you have to build your resume. You have to start, right. you know? <laughs> right. Now it, the hosts were, was it Kelly Clarkson and Snoop Dogg, was it? Yes. Did, did you get a chance to talk to them at all off stage or before you went on or? Um, I just talked to Snoop Dogg a little bit. He came over and gave me a hug and said that he really liked my song and, um, that was pretty much it. That was pretty much the whole thing. And and then they were they were hosting and doing their thing. So that was the the whole thing. And you had your family on the TV too, right? That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was cool. And so, did you see my dogs were there, which is yes, the I saw the dog. Yep. Your biggest fans, right? <laughs> That's right. So was it weird representing West Virginia now that you live in Collegeville, or, or how was that all like? No, it was great. Um, I still have like a lot of my family still in West Virginia. Um, my best friends from childhood are still there and I still go back home, you know, um, and I, I left growing up there. And it, I mean, I spent a lot of time making music there and just spending a lot of time outside. I developed my personality and who I am there. And yeah, I'm proud of where I'm from and who I am. So it was great. Definitely. So uh, what what's one piece of advice that you would tell your younger self now that you're where you are now um, in the business? I would say it's not easy <laughs> and it's going to be and it's going to be a lot of work, a lot more work than you're expecting. That's what I would say to my younger self. Now, fans that come up to you, uh, what are some things that fans say to you? Um, just uh, I don't know. <laughs> It's funny to think about it like that. 
maybe I think people connect with my lyrics. They so they talk about that a lot. And um, also just I've gotten a lot that my voice is different. Like it's it's unique in the way that they recognize it apart from other voices. Like if you know, so that's cool. That's a cool compliment. And they don't necessarily know how to categorize my music at this point, but that they like it. So all those things are are cool. Those are all positives. If they're saying other things, <laughs> yeah. you know, like it's cool that they're not saying them to me then. <laughs> right, right. You know, like, no, I feel you on that one. What was it like signing your first autograph? Um, funny, like yeah. like a little bit like imposter syndrome, like silly, but yeah. So, uh, what advice do you give to uh, someone uh, maybe um, wanting to do music? Oh, um, may, you know, you just have to really love it. Like it has to just really be your passion. Otherwise, it's really it's not an easy thing to to get into. Like the creative field, like you know, it's not a it's not an easy thing all the time. So you have to really love it, and that that's what has to get you through. Let's talk about some upcoming events that you have. Uh, to, to tell the damage fans out there about you have around here in this area. Um, maybe promote that and so people can come check you out. Oh, yeah. Okay. So June 11th, I'll be playing in Phoenixville. Uh, I'm starting off at 12 p.m. I will be playing the Pride Festival. So you can come check out my set for that. I will be playing, you know, my originals and it's going to be amazing. I'm really excited. I've been working on that set. And then later, at the end of the summer, I'll actually be playing a set at um, the Whitpain Music Festival as well. That's September 24th. So I, I don't have an exact time. I, I think I'm going on around 6 p.m. September 24th, but that's on my website. If you guys want to catch up with the other shows that I'm playing, um, you can go to alexiscunningham.com. You can also check out my originals on that site or iTunes, um, Spotify, et cetera, et cetera. But June 11th in Phoenixville, and then it'll be September 24th in Bluebell. Nice. Now, yeah. do you have a famous road story that you, that you can share with the Damage fans out there? Uh, no, I don't. I can't think of anything. I'm sorry. I'm I'm being totally, like, blank right now on that. Nice. So um, if people want to support your music and your journey, where can they go? Oh, I would just say my website alexiscunningham.com okay. and, and uh yeah i really appreciate your time alexis thank you so much for your time and uh remember damage fans don't keep it nice and neat keep it completely damaged on mockerradio.com where music reminds me thank you so much for your time thank you thanks for having me Completely dead